0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode of the Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your PointsBet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstock Underground t shirt today. And thank you to Pointsbet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to Pointsbet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> What's up, guys? Sorry for the late episode drop. Um I didn't get much sleep on Saturday, so I pretty much crashed like right after uh the game and then I didn't uh, you know, wasn't up for doing it later. Thought I'd get up early today and do it before work unfortunately that didn't happen uh and all the rest of it so here i am recording it uh after uh my work day so my apologies uh for dropping it late i'm sure you've all been dying to hear what i have to say about what took place excuse me with our beloved chicago bears uh at home against the lions uh yesterday afternoon and uh trust me the the knee-jerk reactions really do kind of tell the story because The first quarter was like, eh, you know, a little back and forth, eh, you know, 3-3, and you know, okay, whatever, and then second quarter was just like, ah, man, it's, uh, you know, I don't like it. Third quarter was like, big thumbs up, you know, two touchdowns for us, no points for them, then fourth quarter was, you know, I tried to do my best to keep the knee-jerk reactions about the length of the commercial break between the quarter's. But obviously, I have a little bit more leeway at halftime, and I have a lot of leeway at the end of the game. You know, there's no commercial break that I have to snap it back for uh, or anything like that. Well, the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction is almost six minutes long, (laughs) so obviously I had plenty to say at the end of the game about how the fourth quarter went, and I still have more uh, that I want to say, so... Yeah, so let's go ahead and dive in and get this monstrosity over with. This is the Week 10 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. So there we were, Sunday at noon, Soldier Field, a game that we as Bear fans were looking forward to because this is our best opportunity to get a win, a game that we were favored uh, to win Uh, you know the Lions coming in you know riding high off their win over Green Bay at home uh, last week but nonetheless the only defense in the league worse than ours is theirs and we've had a pretty easy time scoring points against some of the better defenses in the league the prior three weeks it's just that we've been going up against teams that had the firepower to outscore us well The Lions had the ability, or at least they had shown that earlier in the season, but it wasn't guaranteed because in their victory over Green Bay the week before, they scored 15 points. So, yeah, the last time the Bears won a game, they only allowed 14. So, we've been averaging 31 points a game the last three weeks, so if we could hold the Lions to 15, it'd be a pretty easy afternoon for us, if only that were the case. So, yeah, so we come into this game, optimism riding high, and and. Equally so for the Lions, you know, thinking if we can beat Green Bay, they're better than the Bears. We can obviously beat uh, Chicago. Um, You know, there were a lot of um, interesting things coming into this one. A, the Lions snapped their losing streak before they came to Chicago, which I thought was a good thing, so that they weren't coming into Chicago looking to snap a losing streak. Uh, Also, the, um, the, the statistic that Dan Campbell had yet to win a road game as head coach uh, of the Lions kind of weighed heavy, like, okay, I don't like hearing, I, I, I hate it when they bring these random stats out, because of course, they're only mentioning it so that there's a possibility that could be a storyline throughout the game, and they did mention it a couple of times throughout the broadcast That Dan Campbell as head coach, midway through his second season, has yet to win a road game, um, so... Always when this kind of when they bring that kind of stuff up, it just goes against the bears. It's not even funny, but <clears throat> so the game uh goes along and and uh, and gets started uh there. The bears start uh with the football. we come out very run heavy, which was kind of the opposite of what I wanted the bears to do uh I wanted the bears to come out throwing the football. I wanted us to challenge that uh challenge that lousy defense. Uh, of theirs because I thought that, you know, the, the Lions would come out loading up the box to stop the run, which is the one thing that we're actually pretty good at. And by, is, you know, according to the statistics, nobody's better than us uh, at running the uh, football. Um, but instead, we come out, run, run, run. And, and granted, we're moving the ball down the field. I think Justin Fields only threw it maybe once or twice on the entire drive. I mean, let me take a look at the uh, breakdown here. Fields left, that was a run. 28 yards on the first play of the game, so I mean, there you go. Uh, then Monty with nine yards on the second run. Uh, Fields scramble. so I guess we attempted a pass, but Fields ended up running on that one. Uh, Brown. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown, another an end around. Justin Fields, another run. Montgomery. Pass incomplete, so there's the first actual pass attempt that feels nearly got picked off cuz he tried to throw it over the linebacker and the linebacker swatted it uh down and uh that almost got knocked down then uh Montgomery with 4 yards and then we kicked the field goal so two pass two pass plays one pass attempt on this eight play drive that the Bears started out um the uh the the, the game with so two passes six runs on that drive, I would have been much more for a four-on-four balance, to be completely honest with you. Maybe get Chase Claypool uh, involved early. And and after hearing the snap counts today on Monday, um, he played less against Detroit than he did against um, Miami last week. He played less in his second game than he did in his first. This is a, this is not, that's not what we want to hear. You know? It's like, here we are kind of like, oh, well, look, we got – this is a, this is an interesting wide receiver room we have now. We got Nikhil here, we got Chase Claypool, we got Montgomery, and then a mixture of Pettis, Equinemius, St. Brown, maybe Velas Jones, you know that kind of thing. And, and Byron Pringle was back uh, as well. So I mean, yeah, that's interesting. Too bad we didn't see like any of them. You know, Mooney caught a couple of caught a couple of passes. Uh, Claypool had two targets the entire football game. So the other seventeen plays, I guess he was out there run blocking or just running routes and not getting thrown to. So not exactly the progress you want to see from a... I mean, it, and it's not on him, obviously. It's it's from the the play calling and, and all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't what you wanted to hear or, or and or not see in the game. is less Chase Claypool in this game. So, you know, you, you give up a second-round pick for the guy, you're, you're pretty much saying he's going to be a part of your future. Now, granted, I know he's been on the team... 10 whole days or whatever it is, but, uh, you know, he's been in practice. He's been learning the playbook and he's capable of much more than we've allowed him to do so far. So, you know, very disappointing, uh, output from Claypool the first two weeks. And of course, not exactly his fault, but nonetheless, you know, on that opening drive, eight plays, 60 yards ended up with a Santos field goal, 33 yards. So essentially it's an extra point. Lions come back with the ball. Fourteen plays, sixty-eight yards, resulting in a field goal of their own. But seeing the same um, problems from the Lions that we saw last week with the with the um, with the Dolphins, you know, and, and a couple weeks ago with the with the the Cowboys. A few weeks before that, with the with the Vikings, it's like over and over again. They're killing us on these crossing routes. These guys are wide open when they're getting the football. So, I mean, this is another deficiency by way of Allen Williams and scheming to put his guys in the best position to succeed. Now, I know everybody wants to kind of give Williams uh, a pass because he's, um, you know, he got the job, and then he lost Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, um, Danny Trevathan, uh uh, you know and then in season Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith among whoever else uh polls has jettisoned you know out into the NFL uh universe is like but you know we're pretty much dealing with the same thing on offense I think we're a little we're, we're better on paper on offense than we are on defense obviously but I don't think it's such a lopsided uh affair that the defense can't meet the offense halfway. Uh, on this and we're just not getting not getting any kind of pass rush people are able to run the ball pretty much with ease uh, on us and when they get into the you know they find this the soft spots in the zone you know calling them soft spots is ridiculous they are you know freaking pillows of of safety for the for their receivers because they're in no danger of catching the ball and then getting plowed. then uh by a safety or a corner or a linebacker or, or something because they're in the middle of the zone you know in in with 5 yards in each direction no one is uh in in danger uh, of hurting them so yeah but first quarter was was back and forth we basically traded uh field goals uh to get things started because the bears started the uh, their second drive and it ended the er ended the first quarter and they basically punted right after So it's like after the first quarter, it's 3-3, but I'm already seeing things I don't like from our defense. New Jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Lions, and it's a little bit of a back-and-forth battle thus far. Um, Both teams on their opening drives um, moved the ball down the field relatively easily, but stalled out in the red zone, had to settle for field goals. Uh, For the Bears, it was run, run, run run and then when they were done running they ran some more Uh, I think the only uh, play that they actually attempted to pass was on second down when the Bears were down in the red zone Uh, Fields tries to put one over the linebacker's head to get to his tight end and nearly gets it picked off Um, and then on third and 14 they just ran the ball I guess conceding defeat uh, on the drive and and settling for the uh, Field goal. What sucks is that um, earlier in the drive, the Bears, um, the Bears had had run for a first down, but because of a holding penalty, it turned it into a uh, instead of first and ten became like second and fifteen, and that's where the drive stalled out. And um, that basically it just it just happened again right here on this drive uh, that the Bears are, are finishing up on. On the defensive side, seeing, seeing the same old things that have been killing the Bears uh, recently. Um, the I think the Lions were three for three or three or four, something like that, on the opening drive on third down, but also third and nine, third and seven. You know, these, these not so easy to get third downs, they made look easy over and over again as they marched down the field uh, to get their field goal uh, and tie up the game, so... Uh, Right now, the Bears uh, have the football. Got a really, really nice return out of Khalil Herbert to get him at midfield. Uh, I believe we're around the 30, 35-yard line right now. But, uh, you know, a a holding penalty, or excuse me, a face mask penalty on Cole Komet on second and one, turned it into second and 16, and now that's where we're sitting uh, right now at the start of the second quarter. So it's these little small self-inflicted wounds on offense that are holding us back and the defense just good being good old-fashioned terrible uh killing us on the other side so uh we're gonna really need to tighten things up especially on defense because it looks like this is going to be one of those points at a premium type football games (laughs) well that was true until the fourth quarter and then all hell broke loose but um you know, I was just looking at the play by play, the Lions on their initial drive, third and five, five yards for a first down. Third and nine, 13 yards for a first down. And um, I think there was another one that I'm missing. Third and nine, third and five, yeah, third and five, third and nine. right. And then third and ten, they were they got six, and that's what set up the field goal. So they were two for three, not three for four. Uh, on third downs on the on the first drive. And the holding penalty was it was second and four uh, inside uh, the red zone. Second and fourth, the Detroit nine yard lines. Montgomery gets five yards. But thanks to a, a holding penalty where if you go back and look at it, I mean in in real action, in real time, live action, I can see where the referee may have seen it. But when you go back and you actually look at the play, Jones he was it was it looks like one of those plays where the defender is trying to get away and Jones has got a handful of jerseys, so he's preventing him from getting to the play. And instead, Jones doesn't have a hold of him. He's just got his hands on him. He literally is not he's not holding him. He's blocking him. He's kind of going with him as the play goes to the right side, and instead they called the flag. And what should have been 1st and 10 ended up being like 2nd and 14. And it was an incomplete pass on that 2nd down, which is the one that, that almost got picked off. And then 3rd down uh, and 14, we decided to run the ball. And Montgomery only got about 4 yards uh, on the play. So not a fan of the 3rd and 14. I mean, it wasn't even a draw play or anything like that. It was just a straight-up run. Uh, and we only got about 4 yards settling for the field goal. Uh, on that one. And then, like I said, with, with the lions, the, you know, converting on third down, uh, you know, third, they need nine yards. They're getting 13. They need five. They got exactly uh, five. It's like, this is, it's not like they were converting third and one third and two. It's like third and mid to long. Those are the ones where it's house money for the defense. They've got a distance to go. And instead the bears routinely throughout the year. And in this football game, made that look like it was 3rd and 1 just about every time 3rd down uh, came up and that's what's so frustrating uh, about it and 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 again it's not so much I I really don't think it's it's as much of a talent deficiency as people think it is and because for me anyway this is my opinion because if it was a talent deficiency I I I don't think that we would be getting beaten as badly I think this is a scheme problem because we're seeing it happen with regardless who we play regardless who we play so it's got to be the scheme in my opinion it's got to be the scheme for these guys to be sitting out here and and guys that we are this is their known weapon on offense Amon Ross St. Brown had close to 100 yards by halftime if he was he was damn close if he wasn't there At halftime, because every time he got the ball, he was wide open and got lots of yardage after the catch in order to get the first down. You know, it happened over and over and over. And at the end of the football game, um, it was actually someone else who got the big yardage on third and eight. We'll talk about that in a minute. But over and over again, it was St. Brown. And every time they went to St. Brown, he was wide open. Goff only had eyes for Amon Ross St. Brown. He was wide open every single time. This, in my opinion, is a scheme issue. I Like, I know we're talent deficient, or at least a hell of a lot more talent deficient than the defense Allen Williams inherited when he took the job, but not so much. I mean, you see the plays Sanborn is making. Nick Morrow uh, is all over the place. Justin Jones uh, is making plays. Yeah, we're not getting a lot of help uh, off the edge, and that's going to hurt our secondary, but we have Jalen Johnson. We have Jaquan Brister. We have Eddie Jackson all having decent seasons. I know Jalen Johnson's is struggling a little bit right now. Kyler Gordon is is still, you know, going through his rookie uh, bumps uh, and everything. Kendall Vildor did not play. I think it was either Jalen Jones or or, uh, or um, Lamar Jackson that was on the other side. I didn't really pay attention to be completely honest with you. But, you know, it, it's I don't think it's as much of a talent-deficient issue as people keep saying it is. Or it's like that's the excuse that they keep giving for it to be okay for the defense to be terrible because – we lost all those guys I mentioned off season, and then during season we lost our, our, our two best players in Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Um, I believe this is more of an issue in, with the scheme than I do with the talent. We've got some, some young, talented players who are learning the ropes, learning how to play uh, in the NFL, so there are going to be some mistakes. But for it to happen over and over and over the same way, regardless of the opponent, to me, that's a scheme issue, not a talent issue. So anyway, we go into the second quarter. It's more of the same on defense. And then more of the same as far as Justin Fields being amazing and doing what he does in order to tie it up late, just before the half. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Lions. And, um, you know, it's it's still got this kind of weird vibe To it, um, you know, the after the second quarter got started, the Lions took their drive right back down the field. Only their second, they've only had the ball twice, actually, uh, three times. They had it for one play here at the end of the quarter, but two, two play or two drives, two long drives. I think like 12 plays, 70 something yards on the first one, 14 plays, 84 yards on the second one that resulted in a touchdown gave the lions a 10 to 3 lead but again with you know the bears being murderers on first and second down and then you know a swinging gate uh, on third down and it was all Amon-Ra St. Brown. Well, if you remember when we were talking to Jeremy in the, in the preview episode it's like you know well it was all CD Lamb for Dallas it was all Justin Jefferson for the Vikings obviously all you need is one guy to be able to move the ball against the Bears over and over again. It's just the Dolphins had two guys that they were doing it to us uh, last week. And, you know, but it's like over and over again with this, uh, you know, and and, and again, not so much that Amon Ra is making plays and getting yards. It's that when he gets the ball, he's so wide open, it's not funny. It's ridiculous how wide open he is when the ball comes his way. You know, I think it was like I don't even know if it was third down, maybe it was, but it was like down and 15 to go, and Amon-Ra St. Brown is so wide open, he got 22 yards on the play, just like it was nothing, and they cap it off with a misdirection play, wide open to their tight end to make it 10-3. The Bears come right back down with a 15-play drive of their own of their own that uh, was capped off at the end by an insane play uh, by Justin Fields. Uh, You know, the Bears had the ball at the one-yard line. We're going to hand it off to Montgomery, do it the easy way. Here comes Aiden Hutchinson flying in like a madman, uh, grabs uh, uh, Montgomery by the shoulders and kind of throws him to the ground. And then on the next play, uh, Fields is looking for Mooney on a short one-yard play, but it's covered. It it looked like he's about to get swallowed up for the sack on third down, and we're going to have to settle for another field goal. But instead, he wiggles his way loose, gets out into the open, gets into the end zone by literally plowing a guy over. That guy needed a minute before he could get up and go to the sideline to tie the game up at 10, and that's where we sit uh, right now. So, you know, this last drive aside where it was one play for a Hail Mary attempt, the Lions have had the ball twice. And they've marched it down the field both times and came away with points. The defense really needs to step up here. I mean, it is getting ridiculous. I mean, we're past that. But, I mean, it's the last couple of weeks, it's been, okay, CeeDee Lamb, he's a stud. Obviously, Hill and Waddle, those guys, nobody can stop those guys. It's, It's not just us that are having trouble. But in here and now, all they have is Amon Ross St. Brown. That is it. That's all they got. And looking at the way they've been moving the football, it's all they need because they've been pounding him down our throat. One pass play after another golf is looking like a genius uh, against the bears. And and this is what I was saying in the keys to the game. You don't want to give a team like this hope. You don't want to give them any kind of thought that they belong out there on the field with you, especially with as poorly as they've been playing uh, lately, you know, last week's performance against the Packers aside this is a team that was on like a five six game losing streak before they came uh, before they got that win last week against green bay so we give the ball back to detroit and that's really what's going to determine i believe how the second half is going to go if we can come out and shut them down and get a three and out get the ball back quickly then i think the bears are in good shape but if they get the ball and they march it right back down the field could be a long afternoon for us. Yep. So I mean it was it was that kind of thing with the, the Lions and I was looking at their touchdown drive and truth be told, they only had two third downs in the whole thing. Uh the one was was an example of what we were talking about though, with them being awful on third down. The Bears come out first and ten, incomplete pass. Uh second and ten, uh a four yard loss for, for um for Swift uh, in the backfield. So on third and 14, Goff drops back, finds Khalif Raymond for 21 yards on first down. You know, on third down and 14, they get 21. So not Amon Ross St. Brown, but there he was by himself in the zone, seven yards more than he needed on third and 14. Uh, then, then later on, like on a consecutive plays here, uh, second and 13, 14 yards to St. Brown. First and 10, uh, nothing. Second and 10, 22 yards to Amon Ross-St. Brown. First and 10, uh, 20 yards to Amon Ross-St. Brown, and so on. You know, when he caught that 20-yarder, then we're down at our 10-yard line. So, we're deep in the red zone now. And then it was, they got a pass interference call. Truth be told, I don't remember that. But that put the ball at the one-yard line. Fresh set of downs. The Bears sacked. Uh, Sanborn got a sack on, on first down by running down... Goff, as he tried to scramble, stopped him behind the line of scrimmage, so that's a sack. Um, They tried to go for, um, they tried to run the ball right side. They got three yards, stopped him at the one, and then third down, they lost the yard. So fourth and goal from the two, they do a little misdirection, find the tight end wide open uh, in the end zone for the score. So we almost pulled it off, um, but uh, couldn't get it done. But it's just like, you know, It was an 88-yard drive, 80-yard drive. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, had a good 60 of it. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, 14, 22, and 20. So that's uh, what? 42 and 14 is 56 yards passing or receiving on the drive. 56 of the 80 yards went to Amon Ross St. Brown. So, I mean, that's bananas so but like i said the bears come back with a 15 yard drive uh of their own where we're converting you know our third down opportunities but our third downs are third and two third and five you know and so on before uh justin fields played superman there on that last play and like i said it was it was a play that was blown up from the start So now it's on Justin Fields to either throw the ball away, which we know he never does, or to try to do something crazy uh, with it. And I'm like, please score. Do not settle for another field goal. This is literally seconds before the half. Don't let them take this momentum into the locker room with them. And then just when it looks like he's absolutely about to get swallowed up by a couple of different guys, he wiggles away, runs into the end zone, and in the process concusses a guy. He literally knocked the game out, guy out of the game with a concussion when he ran him over. I mean, unbelievable. Ties up the game 10 10 at the half. So it's even Steven. We're 0 0 going into the second half, uh, kind of thing. So again, don't really have anything to complain about with the offense. It's the defense that is, uh, holding us back. You know, we had three chances with the ball, two scoring, two scores, one punt. The, um, I mean, technically you can say the Lions had the ball three times, but they had two drives. Fourteen plays, seven minutes, fifteen seconds, fifteen or thirteen plays, seven and a half minutes. So, I mean, they had the ball for nearly a quarter on two drives, got ten points uh out of it. And like I said, what I what we needed from the Bears was to step up in the uh in the second half. It's like we can't have this where they just keep marching up and down the field. And uh Turns out they they decided to answer my prayers in the third quarter, but you hear an ominous little thought of mine at the end of this knee-jerk reaction. And considering the way the fourth quarter turned out, I I feel a little guilty thinking that I put something into the ether that didn't need to be put there. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Lions, and yeah, that was more like it. Um, Three drives for the Lions, three punts. Two drives for the Bears. Two Cole Komet touchdown catches. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, I mean, first drive, just like I asked for. Three and out for the Lions. Punt the ball right down. The Bears march it right down the field. Mixing up the run in the pass this time. But we're very run heavy in the first half. Mixing up the run in the pass and um, finishing it off with a, a Cole Komet touchdown from about, I think, four or five yards out. Something like that. Then essentially I mean and it could have been actually a lot worse for the Lions because they had a bad quarterback running back uh handoff exchange uh ball was you know knocked back in the ground and thought the Bears might have recovered it and ended up that the Lions recovered it for a nine-yard loss gave them like a third and 19 which they weren't able to convert they kicked the ball back and a short drive this time for the Bears I think maybe four plays and this time a big, like, misdirection play caught the Lions with their pants down. Uh, they, they ran uh, two crossing routes. They got Cole Komet going from left to the right corner. They had a short, shallow cross coming across the middle. Both the safeties f- came in on the short cross. And the Cole Komet, all wide open in the corner uh, by himself, um, makes the catch, runs it in. Uh, Mark Sanchez doing the color commentary. On the game, and he said, "Cole Komet was butt naked out there, just nobody around for miles uh, to make the easy touchdown catch." And then the Bears sent the uh, Lions back out again uh, on uh, on downs uh, to force another punt uh, just before the close of the third quarter. So a much more balanced attack offensively for the Bears. We're able to put 14 points on the board in our two offensive drives. We shut the Lions out. Force the the three and outs. We're coasting right now. It's 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter, but this is a Lions team that, you know, as we talked about with Jeremy, they have a hell of a time playing a 60 minute ball game, but you know, after taking off the entire third quarter, will they show up in the fourth quarter, try to make a ball game out of it? We'll have to wait and see the bears start with the ball uh, in the fourth quarter with a 14 point lead. And they haven't really stopped us yet. Yeah, so I said that. Um, <laughs> you know, and and, that, and it's true. Just go back and look. You just see gaps. In, I mean, go back and look at their game against the Vikings in Minnesota uh, a few weeks back. They come out like a bat out of hell, 14 to nothing. Uh, by the end, by halftime, it's, it's tied. They come out again, another 10 points in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they fall to pieces. Minnesota comes back and wins the game. There are examples of this all over the place. In the last two, in the last two years, especially uh, under Campbell, not that it's his deal, but you know, this is what's been happening. This is what's been holding the Lions back is that playing a sixty-minute football game is not something uh, that is their forte. And and whether it's uh, you know they 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 disappear for one quarter at the second half, it's it usually becomes a lead they can't overcome, or you know that kind of thing, or they got to dig themselves out of a hole and they come up short at the end, that kind of thing uh that's what happened week one against the uh eagles they were down thirty eight to fourteen thirty eight twenty one or something like that had to come crawling back could only get to thirty eight thirty five before they lost the uh the game uh week one uh against the eagles so i mean it's just this is something you've seen happen over uh and over again and you know I give the the Lions credit they did turn around and show up in the uh fourth quarter however they had help and this is where uh you'll hear me say it in the knee jerk reaction uh and all that kind of stuff you don't want to be this guy you don't want to be the sore loser the sour grapes talking about how the refs screwed your team but when it's so obvious uh, the the way that it was you know and and I, for me it wasn't so much that they've been that you know the bears had i think 9 penalties in the game to the lions two penalties to, to me that's you're going to see that happen in, in all games. It's just that the calls that they were making, there were at least three or four really bad calls. And in in, in one instance, again, a no call that should have been. You know, getting apologies from the league won't help us when, you know, won't, won't put a W in the win column uh, for us. You know, the, the the pass interference call that wasn't made uh, against uh, Chase Claypool uh, last week. And then it happened again in the fourth quarter this week. Uh this time the victim was Cole Komet uh just before that touchdown drive. Uh or uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. But getting ahead of myself. The third quarter was fantastic. The defense showed up. We're stuffing them, th- you know, three and out uh on the first drive, five plays, only 6 yards. They punt on the second one. Five plays, only 9 yards on the second on the third drive. They punt again. Meanwhile, it's, you know, the Bears back-to-back touchdown drives both to Cole Komet, the first one, 10 plays, 76 yards with the short touchdown to Komet, and then the second one, three plays, 71 yards, and that play to Cole Komet was a 50-yarder. You know, big play uh, for the Bears, going up 24-10, to really asserting themselves in that game, and I thought pulling away, but I guess, you know, the refs bet on the over and had to get some more points out of uh, Detroit uh, on that one to even it up because once the fourth quarter came around, it was a mess. So, um, you know, it it was really frustrating uh, watching that fourth quarter, especially with the way the third quarter, it just went so well. I mean, it went according to plan and basically what you had expected to see the whole game. Not so much the defensive dominance uh, or anything like that, but us being markedly better than the Lions, having played that way for the last several uh, weeks and everything to come out and take that two score lead uh, going into the fourth quarter you know I didn't have some eerie feeling or whatever it was just the thought that I'd had that you know the Lions had so many had so many uh, have have as many losses as they do because they can't finish a game because they can't play a 60 minute ball game from start to finish they have these lapses where they just don't show up. Uh, for a quarter or you know, two quarters or something like that and it's resulted in a hell of a lot of losses for that team. It's like, you know, this is Bears-Lion and the weirdest things in the world happen uh, in these rivalry games. Will this be one of those games where they come roaring back uh, in the second, in the fourth quarter to try to make a ball game out of it? But that was more the thought I had, to make a ball game out of it, not to come back and steal it from us uh, the way that it did. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears, Lions, and I <laughs> just, if I hadn't watched it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, the, the Bears, um, well, actually, you know, it's a combination of things. Uh, they, uh, the referees absolutely just bone the Bears uh, in the four. I mean, you, you hate to be this guy. You hate to be the sour grapes whining about the referees and some conspiracy theory, but there's no way you could watch the fourth quarter and not think that the, the, the refs were calling this against the bears, you know, I mean, it just, it's been happening the whole game. It was just this terrible, terrible, you know, stretch for the bears. It's like, after they go up, you know, they take the, the start the fourth quarter up 24 to 10, Right. The, the lions have the ball and on this the first drive in the fourth quarter for the lions they get all the assistance in the world from the referees to earn about i don't know 60% of the yardage on their drive that led to a touchdown okay so it's 24 to 17 100% assistant assistance from the referees one bullshit call after another including calling a, um, a, a throw, calling a, a bogus hands to the face penalty on Jalen Johnson when by the the one replay they showed he didn't touch the guy's face he just went down after Jalen Johnson pushed him and erased Jack Sanborn uh and his interception of Jared Goff that would have killed the drive and gave the ball back to the Bears okay so they scored the touchdown that's 24 to 17. Couple of plays into the ensuing drive, Justin Fields, in his defense, I want to say he was throwing it away. I want to say he was trying to throw it away, didn't put enough on it, Jeff Okuda from the Lions picks it off, runs it back for a touchdown, and inside of about a minute, it goes from 24 to 10, to 24 to 24, it's tied, just like that. Well, Justin Fields did what Justin Fields does, and on the very next drive, runs it in for 67 yards and a touchdown this time, but Cairo Santos misses the extra point, misses the extra point, and it's just like, you know, it just loomed like, okay, this is going to come back and hurt us, you just know that it would, and it did, because this time, the Lions actually legitimately moved the ball down the field. Our defense was garbage every other moment of the game, so why not when it means the most? They absolutely let the Lions march down the field. Uh, my favorite play was the 44-yard gain on third and eight that the Bears' defense gave up. And, uh, you know, so that set up uh, a uh, another touchdown uh, for the... Um, Uh, for the Lions, no, no, uh, ref assistance on that one. So I will absolutely give that one to the Lions because like their first 10 points were legit. The Akuda interception, legit bad throw from Justin Fields. And the last touchdown was legit. But that first one in the second, in the fourth quarter, total bullshit. All the help from the refs that they can get, not to mention, not to mention the last play of the previous drive for the Bears Again, the Bears don't get a pass interference call. Justin puts one up for, for Cole Komet. He's one on one with Anzalone, the linebacker. Anzalone's got his back to the to the uh, to the to the football. He's got his hands in, in Cole Komet's face, is literally like tackling Cole Komet before the ball gets there. No flag. No flag. And again, right there in front of the referee. No flag. That was the play before the ref-assisted touchdown drive for the Lions. So this one stings. This one stings because we got screwed again. The referees screwed us again. And then at the end, when we needed the defense to step up, they choked again. They absolutely choked. Eight plays, 91 yards for the drive to take the lead for the Lions. Of course, they kicked their extra point. And that was it. We, we, had, a, we had one last drive uh, there at the end. And uh, couldn't do anything with it. Gave the ball back to the Lions. And uh, on third and eight, they ran for the first down to seal the game. So I thought that was poetic. So the Bears lose again. Third loss in a row. Second week in a row, we get screwed by the ref. Second week in a row, we had a chance at the end, and couldn't get it done. So, yeah, it's uh, maybe we'll b- have better luck on the road next week in Atlanta. I don't know, but uh, yeah, this this one sucks. This one sucks all the way. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet, guys. It's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU themed threads. For the Bears season, just imagine the blue and orange confetti can, cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man—a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple: you got to go to sportsdrink.org/slash-shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least ten dollars. That's all it's going to cost you. If you want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own bear stock underground t-shirt today. And thank you to points for partnering up with sports drink. And thanks to points bet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there because a lot happened uh, in that fourth quarter it was reminiscent of a, uh, of a game that I was in attendance for years ago in 2007, the bears had a 13 to three lead going into the fourth quarter, lost the game like 37 to, to 30 or something, something bananas. I mean, not only did the Lions score a touchdown on the very first play of the fourth quarter to make it 13-10, Devin Hester runs a kickback for like 98 yards uh, and a touchdown, uh, and then they just go back and forth, uh, and, and the Lions score uh, more than the Bears can handle, and they come away with the win after scoring 34 fourth-quarter points uh, to win the game. Obviously, this was not as extreme, but it hurt just as much. It, it really did. I mean... The that that drive where the the refs just kept giving uh, yards. I mean, and it started from the first play of the drive. The um the uh, unnecessary roughness call they pulled on on Kyler Gordon. He golf is scrambling. Uh, Gordon's running behind him, and isn't going to catch him. So what he does, he actually does the um he kind of tries to do like a peanut punch from behind type move uh, on on Goff. Jars the ball loose, hits him while he's still in bounds, and then um, I think Morrow was there. Uh, is, if they were going to call the flag on anybody, Nicholas Morrow was way more guilty than the, appeared. But the, the other thing is, he was still in bounds when all when both defenders made contact. When Gordon uh, tried to punch the ball out from behind, Goff was still in bounds. When Morrow got his hands uh, on Goff, he was still in bounds, So those are legal hits. And he goes flopping like a bitch on the sidelines, and they throw the flag. It's like a great acting job, Jarrett. Good job. Because all Kyler Gordon did was actually succeed in knocking the ball uh, out of Jarrett Goff's hands, and Nicholas Morrow succeeded in pushing the quarterback out of bounds uh, to end the run. But tack 15 yards onto the end of that run. Boom, there you go. We're off to the races now. And then two illegal use of the hands is what they call it in the play-by-play, but the referees call it illegal hands to the face. And the one that cost us on the Sandborn interception, he never touches his face. He checks him at the line of scrimmage. This guy goes down like he just got shot by a sniper uh, or something, and stayed down. He did not get back up. I don't know what it was because they the replay that they showed was from the the sideline where you see Jalen Johnson's left hand. You don't see it in his in his face, in his throat, nothing. The guy just goes down. So for all we know, based on what I saw, the evidence that I have in front of me, Jalen Johnson simply knocked the wind out of the guy when he pushed him in the chest. Because that's all that happened. He pushes puts both hands in his chest. He goes down like a ton of bricks. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson starts playing defense, Sanborn picks it off, and now we're going back the other way. And it's it's called back because of the illegal use of the hands Uh, or illegal hands to the face. I mean, and even if you want to call it illegal use of the hands, what was illegal about checking him at the line of scrimmage? Nothing. That's well within the five-yard you know, purview that the, the quarterbacks have to basically molest the hell out of the wide receivers inside of five yards. You can do whatever you want to the guy. And all he did was check him at the line of scrimmage. Both hands, boom, right in his chest, he goes down like a ton of bricks. Bullshit call. Terrible. Terrible. Took away Jack Sanborn's uh, interception, kept the momentum going uh, with the Lions. Very next play, DeAndre Swift runs it in for, a t- I believe it was Swift. it ran it in for a touchdown. And now it's 24-17. We get the ball back, and, uh, you know, Justin Fields is under pressure. Uh, looks like they sniffed out the the, the, the tight end screen that was going to go to uh, Cole Komet. And I still, I've seen the play a couple of times. Uh, to me, I still see Fields trying to get rid of the ball. Like seeing that the play is shot, trying to throw it over everybody's head, and he gets hit as he's throwing it. I believe it was Hutchinson that got to him, and he wasn't able to put enough on it. Floats right into the hands of Akudo, runs it back only 19 yards for the touchdown, and just like that, it's 24-24 when we were coasting into the fourth quarter just a few minutes before. Um, you know, I mean, and but give Justin Fields and and the offense credit, man. They came right back out. Another couple of plays fields on a design run f- wiggles his way up the middle of the field and nobody's going to catch him when he's out in the open field. Does it again with 61 yards last week, 67 yards this week, you know, capped off a 147-yard day. I mean, he was only 31 yards away from breaking his own record again. I mean, just insane what he's done the last 2 weeks, especially running the ball. So, but two touchdown runs, two touchdown throws. He had the one really bad interception um, where he looked like he was trying to do the wrong thing, but, uh, you know, it just didn't happen. So, But that's why, like you heard me say in the knee-jerk reaction, I give the Lions credit for everything that they did except for that first touchdown drive in the fourth quarter where they got one bullshit call after another from the referees to keep extending that drive, giving them yards they didn't earn. And then, like I said, it, it and it started with the no-call on Komet, uh for the pass interference. Anzalone's draped all over him. Back to the football, back to the you know to the action and everything. He doesn't know the ball's coming or anything like that. He's only judging by Cole Komet's face or his eyes or something because it, you know, somebody taught me when I was really young playing football that when you see, you know, if you got your back to the ball, you see the defender's eyes getting big. That means the ball's getting close. So I'm guessing that Anzalone, having played football a hell of a lot longer than I have, uh, recognized how uh, how big Cole Komet's eyes were getting as the ball was zeroing in. And put his hands up, but he never looked back for the ball. He never, you know, never turned around or anything like that back to the ball the whole time, you know, hands and did everything to hinder Cole Komet from catching the football. That is textbooks, textbook pass interference. Textbook. I mean, and the only, even still, it's like the only thing was like maybe they didn't throw the flag because Cole Komet had a chance to catch the ball, but he didn't come down with it. And Anzalone did nothing to hide the fact that he was trying to keep Cole Komet from catching it. That's pass interference. And we didn't get the call. And I'm sure that's one of those plays the Bears will report to the league and they'll get their apology. But that doesn't help us. That's two weeks in a row now that we've been robbed of opportunities in, 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 these, in these football games. The Bears are 3-7. and seven. We should be 5-5. Five and five. You know, like I don't know if we'd have been able to pull it off against the Miami last week. You know The way that football game was going says that we probably could have, but we didn't get the call. We didn't get the call the NFL says we should have gotten. And then vice versa today with the Lions game, or yesterday I should say, same thing. Could have extended that drive, got us a nice little chunk of yardage, got us in the Lions territory, keep, keep things going, who knows what happens kind of thing. You know, but instead we end up punting ball, punting the ball to the uh, to the Lions, and then with the help from the referees, 55 yards later they're in the end zone, and they're in, and it's a ball game all of a sudden, and it never should have been, it never should have been. Jack Sanborn should have been the nail in the coffin uh, early in the fourth quarter there, their their best drive of the half at that point, because remember we shut them down completely in the third quarter, and here they are driving down the field, and he throws it right to Sanborn, threw it right to him. And that should be that should have been the mistake that cost the game for Detroit. That should have been the one that deflated their balloon, and ball game uh, was over. After that, instead, the referees gave him another bogus call, another penalty that gave him more life, and, and it ended up being the you know the downfall for us. So, but in the end, you know, never mind the referees, never mind the referees, uh, because I you know something that was pissing me off after the game yesterday. Was seeing tweets, and I think it was Aaron, Aaron Lemon, something like that. And um, saying for the second week in a row, Bears offense, you know, fails to deliver uh, on the on the game-winning drive, uh, you know, on the game-winning drive at the end of the game. You know, did the same thing against Miami, where, of course, we got screwed on the pass interference call. And then, you know, this week, uh you know, we did next to nothing on, on our final drive with the football. It's like, how about we point the finger where it truly deserves to be pointed? And that would be at the defense. And the fact that they have been so god-awful these last three weeks, 42 points to the Cowboys, 35 points to the uh, Dolphins, 31 to the, to the Lions here this week. You know, while our offense is scoring... 29 32 and 30 points in those in those football games which should be enough to win you literally any game in the NFL and yet week after week you know we're we're, we're it's like never mind it was like I know that it's, it's it's important for Justin Fields growth to be able to turn one of those 2 minute drills into a touchdown winning drive or a game-winning score for a field goal or something like that. I know that. I acknowledge that fully. And it was—it's uh, like, yeah, they did fail to get the job done. But how about they shouldn't have been in the position to begin with? You know, if if we're talking about an offense that's still only averaging like 15 points a game, then yeah, that is a legitimate beef. They didn't get it done in the first 58 minutes. They had a chance with two minutes to go, and they didn't get it done. To me, that is a far more legitimate argument than the fact that this is an offense that has averaged 31 points a game for the last four weeks now. Four weeks. They went an entire month averaging more than 30 points a game. We're one in three in those games. Why? Because our defense only showed up for one of them. Our defense showed up for the one game on Monday night against New England, only gave up 14 points, gave it all up in the second quarter, shut them out in the second half. After that, 42 points to the Cowboys, 35 points to the Dolphins, 31 points to the Lions. Lost all three ball games despite the fact that our offense scored 29, 32, and 30 in those games. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. When your offense is playing that well, they shouldn't be in a position at the end of the game where they have to dig out uh, a win in one way or another, you know? I'm not saying it should never happen. I'm saying it shouldn't happen every single week. It shouldn't happen every single week. These last 2 weeks especially with the Dolphins and and the uh and the Lions. But it's like we're so deficient in being able to stop anybody on third down, we can't defend the middle of the field because that was a field day for both the Lions and the Dolphins these last two weeks. Hell, I mean, the, you know, the uh, Cowboys the week before. C.D. Lamb, like a madman all over the place. It's, uh, it's not on the offense. I don't put this on the offense at all, and this isn't me, you know, showing all the love to Justin Fields. It's like, just think about this, guys. What has been the, the habitual problem for the Bears Historically. Like, how many times have we had a good team that didn't get as far as they should have because the offense didn't show up? You know, I mean, most recently in the 2018 team, we scored 15 points in a playoff game, and our defense gave up 16. 16 to 15, we lose that playoff game to the Eagles, never mind what happened at the end of it. We shouldn't have been in that spot. Score the points, you win the game, period. You know? The the team in 2010 getting to the NFC championships game, 14 points we score uh, in the NFC championship game. This is what happens. You don't put the points on the board, you don't win. Because we've always had defenses that kept us in the game, but the offense just couldn't get the job done. Hell, it was most of the reason why we kept losing, especially at the end of Lovey's tenure, where the defense would be playing lights out, Aaron Rodgers and companies winning like 17 to 13 ball games, or there was one where they won 10 to 3 you know, and stuff like that. It's like we only gave up ten points, and we still lost the game. It's like that's not how you know where the hell was the offense, and now it's the opposite. The offense is showing up. It's like that first year under Tressman, where we've we're scoring, we're breaking the scoreboard, scoring points, but the defense is just giving it away week in and week out. So, yeah, it's like to me, this is on the defense. It's like, yes, I will concede. We had our chance at the end of both ball games against Miami and against Detroit. We had the ball with two minutes to go, maybe a timeout or two on the clock, you know, and, and you know, plenty of time to get down the field. And we came up short. My argument is also should have never been in that position to begin with, because if the defense gets one freaking stop in the fourth quarter, we we win the game. Plain and simple. If we don't give up an eight play, ninety one yard drive at the end of the game, we win. We win. So, Justin Fields got you thirty. Never mind, Cairo Santos missing the extra point. He got you thirty points for the fourth week in a row, and you still couldn't get it done for him. This is on the defense, not on the offense, and, and coming up short in the two-minute drill. You know, it's like I know that what's ha- what that's what happened, but the offense shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. Not with the way they've been playing. They've been playing too well to have to try to dig this out uh at the end when they've put on when they put thirty points on the board one week after another the last four weeks. It's totally not fair. So uh, anyway, there you go guys. That's gonna do it for the the recap of the week number ten. Um Bears lost to the Lions. God help me. Now we go on the road for the next couple of weeks. We got Atlanta in Atlanta. Then we go to MetLife to take on the Jets before we come home to take on the Packers week thirteen before the buy now there's an interesting ball game i can't wait to play but you know got to play these two games on the road first so we'll see how they go let's go ahead and close this thing out with everybody's favorite segment you know it bear up bear down Bear up and bear down, short list on both sides. Let's go ahead and get rid of the bear downs uh, and just get them over with. Uh, Bear down, guess who? Alan Williams. I I think this thing is on you, man. Uh, Maybe you need to ask the coach for help, the guy that hired you, you know, the one that was cranking out decent defenses in Indianapolis uh, while you were his DB coach or whatever the hell you were doing for him out there. You know, maybe ask for a little help uh, in uh, putting a, a game plan together or, you know, a tighter scheme or Maybe switch to man to man because zone is obviously not working because they are just carving us up. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, um, you know, Waddle and, and Hill uh last week. And this and then yesterday, Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, and oh yeah. Uh giving up forty four yards on third and eight to the skinniest little white guy receiver I've ever seen uh for the Lions. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, by the way, so yeah, it's got to be something, man, because people are running free. They're running wide open. It's the scheme. It has to be the scheme. And I know your pass rushes and getting it done, but it's not like they're finding these guys wide open after six seconds in the pocket or anything. It's one, two, three, boom, wide open, you know, crossing route across the middle of the field. And there we are chasing after him uh, and everything because there's nobody in the zone that he's running into over and over and over again, it's a scheme issue. It's not a talent thing. Talent definitely plays into it, especially in the pass rush. But you know, linebacking core is not bad. You know, it's not great, but it's not bad. And our secondary is is talented. So you know, it's it's the scheme. It's it's it. Nothing else makes sense to me. Nothing else makes sense. So because you're not hearing about these things from the talking heads and the experts about blown assignments or or anything like that, you're just not hearing that. You're you're hearing that, you know, basically we're being out-schemed, out-coached by our opponents because they keep finding these soft and open spots in the zones for big yardage. You know, over and over and over again. Third and eight, they get 40 freaking four yards. And that's what set up the game-winning uh, touchdown, uh, that play there. So, yeah, Allen Williams, you got an issue, bro. You want to be the DC of this team next year um yeah I was like I know you need help I was like I know that it's not all um you know sunshine and rainbows as far as you know the talent that you inherited versus the team that you've gotten now but seriously man it's they're they're far more talented than you're allowing them to be is in my opinion that's just my thought uh and then bear down kind of an honorary one if you ask me but cairo Santos. <sighs> got to make the extra points bro got to make the extra points i mean you miss a field goal okay but you know an extra point really man i know they're a lot longer than they used to be but still you you got to make those you got to make those kicks you got to so and again i know i just got done spending like 10 minutes on a tirade about how the defense should not be putting the offense in a position where they need to just keep scoring more and more points over and over uh again but uh you know It's like, those are the gimme points, and you got to give them to us. You just got to. So, anyway, on to the happy one. We'll end on a high note here. Uh, Bear up, Justin Jones, the only guy on the interior, on the defensive line, period, that showed up yesterday. Uh, So bear up to him. Bear up, Jack Sanborn. 12 12 tackles, two sacks, an interception that was robbed by one of the worst penalties I've seen uh, in a long time. Definitely stepping up. Uh, into the spot I mean he was a he was a star during the summer in the quote-unquote exhibition games uh, and everything thought he would be a decent player he's getting his chance now he's making the most of it and it's just you know a credit to Ryan Poles in the scouting department that they were able to, to cobble this guy up after he went undrafted and it, when you see a guy play like this you wonder how the hell did he go undrafted because I think he was a uh, like a late third, fourth round projection. And somehow he made it all the way through the draft, and there he was for the Bears to scoop him up. Our luck, their loss. Bear up, Cole Komet, five touchdowns in the last three games. It's not a bad run uh, that the kid is on after going without a touchdown for like 30 games uh, and whatever. He's like hadn't scored a touchdown since his rookie year. He went without all of last season. And then first six, seven games into this year, still without one. Finally got one against the Cowboys. Two more last week against the um, Dolphins. Two more today, or yesterday, I should say, against the uh, Lions. Fantastic, becoming the weapon that we drafted him uh, to be. You know, it's like now if you could be more, more Travis Kelsey. You know, being the big play guy that would be awesome. So, but uh, loving what I am seeing uh, from Komet. He's really turning things around for himself. And then finally, bear up to our most valuable bear, Justin Fields. I mean, how could he not be? Um, you know, 12 of 20 in the passing game. I think only like 140 yards something, 120 something, I forget. But 147 yards, two rushing touchdowns, one where he concussed the guy and the other one where he broke his own uh, distance record, 61 last week, 67 this week. And then the two touchdown passes to Cole Komet. I mean, he's getting the job done. It's just that like we just need the other half of the t- team to really, to really step up, you know. I mean, last week it was special teams and defense that let us down, and this week it was special teams and defense that let us down again, missing the extra point. Defense giving up more points than uh, we could outscore. So, you know, the offense has been getting it done, even without Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, didn't play with that hip injury that he was nursing last week. We missed him for sure, but, uh, you know, we still scored the points. We still got it done, and the defense let us down. So fantastic job from Justin Fields. Uh, loving the fact that Dan Orlovsky is trying to convince the world that Justin Fields should be in the MVP conversation. It's like, I don't know if they give MVPs to guys who are on three and seven uh, football teams, but uh, you know maybe if he could get a vote or two, that would be cool. But the fact that he's, quote-unquote, in the conversation, I think is a stretching it a bit. Especially with like with A, with his passing statistics, and B, with the uh, win-loss record that belongs to the team he plays for, so... You know, as cool as it sounds, and as much as it feels like, well, yeah, MVP, of course, to every Bear fan. But I don't know; <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a tough, tough, tough sell uh, to the national scene. But uh, he is killing it right now. Looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do next week on turf uh, against the uh, against the Falcons. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it uh, for the Week Ten review episode of the Bear Stock Underground. Come back tomorrow. When we will have the uh, NFL review, and truth be told, this one's kind of kind of be a more of a speed round uh, kind of thing. I'm gonna you know jump right through it because I didn't have time to do my homework. To be honest with you guys, I usually you know like after the game on Sunday, I usually go around looking at the YouTube clips to try to get context for how the games went and all that kind of stuff. I planned on actually doing most of that today. Uh, but again, I was too busy at work to be able to, 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 you know, sneak away to, uh, you know, sneak in a clip here, clip there, uh, that kind of thing. So just going to give a rundown on my, on the wins and losses, tell you how I did with my picks and, uh, close the book on week 10. So it's not going to be the, you know, long drawn out conversation for each game thing. I apologize. Uh, just won't be able to pull it off this week. So, but I want to get it out on time especially with this episode being late. So that's what I'm going to have to do in order to pull that off. So I apologize in advance. It's going to be a short, quickie episode, but uh, there will be an episode nonetheless. So come on back for that tomorrow, and then we'll be back Thursday. We'll have the guys from What's Up Falcons, a a fellow Sports Drink uh, Media Network uh, podcast to preview Bears Falcons get you ready for that. Actually, that will be on Friday. We'll come back on Thursday with the Week 11 uh, preview. So lots going on. Come back and don't miss it all. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.